Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Christ Supreme series, where Dr. Jones teaches verse by verse through the book of Colossians to show that Jesus Christ reigns supreme above any alternative the world offers. Now let's join him for today's message. Today's message title is Growth Anticipated. One of the saddest things that I see when it comes to the Christian life is the lack of anticipation or expectation of spiritual growth, spiritual development, spiritual maturity. It's, we've gotten too content with, I believe in Christ, it's all good. But we know if we see a child that's not developing, there's a problem that needs to be addressed. And the same is true. When you come to Christ, you are a babe, you are an infant. And the expectation, the anticipation, just by how things have been ordered, is that you will continue to grow. And we see right at the beginning of this letter that Paul writes to the church in Colossae, to the Colossian church meeting it in Philemon's house, is that in his prayers, as he's thanking God, he says, every time we pray, we are thanking God for his work in the world and in you and the expectation and the anticipation that God in his work, is maturing you and you are continuing to grow in the faith. You are continuing to grow spiritually. This is very important because he starts this letter right here. Now, the opening of Paul's letters many times uh, deal with major themes in the book. And we'll see these things unfold. And he starts off, and I don't want you to miss even at the beginning, he, he introduces himself as Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will. Don't miss the importance with this introduction. You know, when people give introduction, when you read a book, you pick up a book, you go, you buy a book off Amazon. Before you even buy it, you'll go look on the, the, the author's bio. If you're walking around in the mall or out in the strip mall and you walk into a Barnes and Noble, many times you see a book cover, you'll flip on the back and you want to look at the author and kind of get a little bio, a little check. You, you want to check that author's credentials, credibility. You know, you want to look at, okay, is this book worth reading? Or is this somebody that don't know what they're talking about and I don't even have to pay attention? When he starts off and calls himself an apostle of Christ Jesus, he's speaking to a specific office that he holds, that he has indeed been sent to carry the message, to be a representative of Jesus Christ. This is important. Because right off the bat, he's couching this entire letter in the context that what he writes is under the authority, the uh, direct authority of Jesus Christ. And he says, and don't think it's something I wanted. Because he didn't say it's something I chased, something I wanted. He says, by God's will, by the will of God. He's letting them know, God chose me himself to do this. So what I write to you is from the Lord. This is not my opinion. 
according to Paul. Paul is saying, I'm not telling you what I think is best. I'm not giving you some good advice. I am speaking and writing to you under the authority of thus says the Lord Jesus. So everything he's going to put in here is under Jesus's authority and mandate. And then he says this, he says, and Timothy, our brother. One of your translations may say the brother. He, he's even letting us know something that actually starts to unfold in here. He's letting them know, like, I'm not alone. He says, this mission of God is going forth. This hope we have. And that hope is an excitement. It's an expectation. It's not a wish. It's not that I wish what, what's promised in Jesus Christ. No, we have, uh, we have a legitimate expectation that we should be excited about because what God has shown specifically in the person and work of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his burial and resurrection and ascension and his sending of the Holy Spirit that has made us born again and new to now live out what God has called us to do. Paul is thanking God. And he says that this gospel is going forth and it's, it's bearing fruit and it's global. Every nation, tribe, and tongue, the gospel is going forth. And it's growing and it's bearing fruit. Meaning we can see the effects of the gospel. We can see people growing in the gospel and we can see the attack against the gospel. Remember, the world hated Jesus. It's going to hate the people of Jesus too. But he told us, take courage. He's overcome the world, right? We don't fret. This gospel is global and it's what God is doing. And because this is what God is doing, he says, I'm praying for your spiritual growth. And this spiritual growth is just, I anticipate it. I expect it because of what the gospel just does. You know, when my wife loves the bacon. I talk about this all the time. I found out that it, during the, the pandemic, during the COVID pandemic, you know what there was a shortage of? People, you know, everybody was like, man, we're out of toilet paper, right? Toilet paper gone. Everybody was tripping about the toilet paper. Toilet paper returned back. You know what there's been a shortage of? And it's funny because my wife, she, she's a, she follows a diff- other people that bake and stuff. Yeast. Like the, the shelves, we, now I don't even, if she sent me to the store to find yeast, we in trouble. I, even, I still don't know what it looked like. I don't know what it's packaged like. It was going on Amazon. You couldn't even get it online. And then when it was made available, it was going quick. Yeast was going faster than toilet paper during the coronavirus pandemic. It was crazy. But you know, you know what yeast does? You know when you put yeast in, you know what you expect? Don't put too much in there. It's going to ruin it. <laughs> I found out all you need is a little bit. That's why Jesus used to give that illustration all the time about yeast. You know, you put a little yeast in, it, it, it's going to do what it does. I use that example because when the gospel goes forth, it's, it's going to do what it does. It's going to grow. And not only is it going to grow in spreading, meaning numerically, it's also going to cause growth in a person. And this is why he says, I'm always praying for your growth. He says, we haven't stopped praying and we're asking God, we're asking that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, now think about that. Think about that. Paul holds prayer in a very high regard. He thinks highly of prayer. He knows that we can go directly to the Father. We can stand boldly before the throne of God and ask whatever we wish. If you knew you could stand, you could ask God whatever. If you could ask God for something, 
what would you ask? If you, would, if you could ask God to, to bless somebody else, what would you ask? You know what many times we think? We think, I can, I'm going to ask that God bless him with health. It's not a bad thing. God bless him with, with financial resources. Not a bad thing. Bless their kids. Not a bad thing. Notice that his prayer has nothing to do with physical things. It's like we're familiar with movies with genies. We got Aladdin. Back in the day, we had I Dream of Genie. You get three wishes. What's funny is that almost everybody wished for the same kind of stuff. He stands before the creator of the universe. Universe is the creator of the cosmos. And says, you know what I'm asking? That you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual maturity. At the forefront, an apostle of Jesus Christ speaking with the authority of Jesus, inspired of the Holy Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit working through him to communicate this letter. The will and desire is that we grow believers in the knowledge of God's will. Meaning, the desire for this apostle, inspired by the Holy Spirit, yeah, I know I'm driving that point home, is that we come to know more and more what God's heart and mind desires, what he wants. Not that God be more like us and want to give us what we want, but he wants us to grow in knowing what God's want and not just what God wants. He says, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know what that's letting us know? It's this wisdom that we're going to find, we're going to know it's, gonna, it's, it's spiritual. It's coming directly from God. God is communicating this to us. Now, this is important to understand. In any healthy relationship, communication is key. I love whenever I do premarital counseling, I sit down with a potential husband and wife, bride and groom. During the wedding, I communicate this. After the wedding, I communicate this to them, how communication is key. Good communication is key, meaning we do not have the ability to read minds. You know one of the most frustrating things in a, in a marriage between a husband and wife, one of the most frustrating things is when one expects the other person to know when you ain't said it. Both of y'all upset. Both of y'all mad. Didn't know you wanted it. You should have known I wanted it. How would I know you wanted it? I, you didn't tell me, but you should know by now. Tension, fighting, arguing, and, and Satan is just loving it. Communication is key. So if we're going to grow to understand somebody, we're going to have to be in constant communication. We have to talk. We have to seek out the, the wheel. We got we to talk to them. We got we to watch them. We got to try to seek to understand them in every kind of way. And it comes through communication. Now, I say that because when he says he wants us to grow in this knowledge of God, knowing God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, you know what? You know what? It, we have to be in constant communication with God. That comes through two ways. The two easiest ways that we can do that. You might be sitting like, Pastor, okay, I get that. Is God just going to download it to me? Like, how is it going to work? Number one, matter of fact, I don't, I don't necessarily say one or, number one or number two. So I'm going to say A and B, but they're on the same level. Your prayer life. You need to be constantly in prayer. 
a lifestyle of prayer. And also, you need to be constantly in the word of God. He has spoken. And both of those, we grow in understanding and wisdom because within both of those activities on our side, the Holy Spirit, since we've placed faith in Jesus Christ, does a work in us to grant us understanding so that when we face problem A, we know how to deal with it. When we face problem B, we know what to do in those moments. Why? Because we're growing in the knowledge of God's will. In all spiritual understanding, in all wisdom. And if you noticed, I said, so that we know how to act in these moments, because it's not that we just have knowledge for knowledge's sake. One of the most wasteful things is to know what to do and never do it. You know, it's, it's, it's like somebody, you can learn something, you can be in school and learn all the concepts and all the theory and then not know how to do it. Like, what, what good is it if you go to somebody that knows every single thing to know about automobiles, and then you say, well, I need you to fix, I need you to work on this carburetor, and they're like, I, I don't do that. I don't know how to do that. But man, get out of here, man. I need somebody. To, I got a problem. I need it fixed. He says, there's a purpose that we may have the knowledge of God's will. You know, I'm notorious for this. When he says, so that, in verse 10, in your Bible, I want you to highlight that so that right there. He says, I want you to grow in the knowledge. I want you to be filled. So this this even gone beyond growing. He said, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of God's will so that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy of the Lord. Think about that. He said, I want you to be who you are. You know, there are certain moments in life where we transition from one stage to the other, from one position to the other. We can't act like we used to. I said earlier, when we're when we maturing, one of the most frustrating things to run into is a 40-year-old man to act like he's 12. He said, I want you to walk worthy. Walk out who you are. You are in Christ. You belong to the Lord. You have the indwelling Holy Spirit. He says, as so, I want you to walk like it. I want you to live like it. That walk is live. It's your activity in life. And, and he, he, he actually lets us know what this really looks like. Because it translates. He's not going to even get so much practical yet. That's going to come later in the letter. In Paul's letters, many times we call it indicative to imperative, meaning he's going to give you all these facts, all these truths, and in the second half of the letter, he's going to give you a bunch of commands. So the commands are coming. Right now, he's giving these, 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 these truths. He says, I want you to walk worthy of the Lord because of who you are. You're a saint. If you place faith in Jesus Christ, right, you, are, you already see it. Throughout the New Testament, you are called a saint. You have been made holy by the Holy Spirit. Not on you, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We hope this message is blessing you today. Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org and subscribe to receive our Refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. 
Our goal is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. He says, I want you to walk out who you are. And then he tells us what this looks like. He says it's by bearing fruit, it's by growing in the knowledge of God, by being strengthened and giving thanks. This is what it looks like to walk worthy of the Lord. When he say bearing fruit, I want you to think about this. When you see fruit on a tree, you know what kind of tree it is, right? You know, when I walk up and I see apples on a tree, I don't say, man, where are the oranges on this tree? That's ridiculous. It's an apple tree. If I walk up and I see mangoes, I see a coconut, I see, you know, you can go, you can go on and on. I see a jackfruit hanging from there, I'm running. I don't like jackfruit, but that's just me. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but. You know a tree by its fruit. Now, I didn't get that. I, I, I actually took that from Jesus. Jesus used to say that. You, you know a tree by its fruit. Then he says bearing fruit is that because we who are in Christ, there is physical evidence that we are in Christ. Like that's just a reality. That's just a fact. That's just a truth. Meaning I should expect to see visible evidence of someone who has fully committed and trusted Christ. That's been born again of the spirit of Christ. He says, so to walk worthy is to be putting constantly that fruit on display. And the word he used there is something that's constant. It's not a once in a while type thing. It's not a one time thing. This is a lifestyle of evidence that's being seen. We, we can dive into that fruit another time. We, we've done that before in Galatians, what this fruit looks like. A love, joy, peace, patience, and the list goes on. It, it, it's, it's seen. And all of those, that piece of fruit, all this fruit is actually made evident in how we love neighbor. How we treat one another, what we do. He says this life is characterized by bearing fruit. And he says then growing in the knowledge of God. We constantly grow in understanding God more deeply. And it's amazing. I, my own personal life, through seasons of my life, when I see certain things, it's like all of a sudden the scripture makes more sense. You know, my days of the NFL helped me understand more when Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to go to heaven. It's easier for the camel to go through an eye, a needle, than for a rich man to get into heaven. And the disciples were like, well, who can go? And he said, this is the work of the Lord. You know, go, go and read it for yourself. What I love about that is in my own experience, I start to see guys that had loads of money. And many times, it's not all of them because there were some rich dudes in the NFL and they loved Jesus, committed, preached the gospel. But then I saw others in management and other places and then all that comes around it. I saw, man, they, they, what I need Jesus for? What I need that for? I got everything I need. I was able to see that. But it was during a season of life that all of a sudden I start to see the truth and understand God more deeply and how we can be susceptible to trusting physical things for our, to be our source instead of the God who gives it. I grow and know more about who God is. That, that's part of this worthy walk. He, he says that he wants us to be strengthened. And the strength is not just so we can be strong. The strength is so that we can have endurance and patience. Meaning that everything that's happening in this life, everything that's happening in this physical life, we can endure. We can have patience. We don't throw in the towel. We don't 
we, we don't give up. We don't get despondent. We don't get to the point of despair. We, we don't get to those points. We are being built up and we're growing so that, remember, we have a hope that can't be taken away. We have an assurance in Christ. As sons and daughters of the Most High God, as brothers and sisters in Christ. So this strength is so that whatever's going on in our city, in our state, in our country, we are strengthened by the Holy Spirit to endure, to persevere, to not turn from the gospel, to not look for answers somewhere else, to not look to, to the capital for answers, to look to the Lord. He says we're strengthened so that we can persevere in patience, meaning we have a hope that can't be snatched from us in Jesus. And he says this, our life is characterized by giving thanks. And our thankfulness comes from two areas, understanding that we have been forgiven and redeemed. What the Father has accomplished in Jesus Christ is that our sins, once and for all, have been washed away. The cross and the resurrection prove it. God's promise, not mine, God's promise. Sin's completely forgiven and we've been redeemed. As we trust Christ, our sins are forgiven and now we have been transferred into the family of God. In our sins, we've been separated from God. By faith in Jesus, what he's done, sins forgiven, we have now belong to God. We are sons and daughters of God through the personal work of Jesus Christ. That's why he says we've been transferred from the dominion of darkness, from the domain of darkness into the inheritance of the saints. And that's that already, not yet. You've heard me talk like this before, that already we have the assurance, we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, we have the seal which is the Holy Spirit that's on us, that we right now are in the kingdom of God. We walk in that power. And yet we wait for that not yet when Jesus Christ comes back, when he returns, new heaven, new earth, all sin and death done away with, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. That's the hope that we have. That's not a wish. That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He says, this is what our life is characterized by. This is who we are. So I said, growth anticipated because sometimes I remember in high school, for some of us in college, you get to that point where you graduate and it's like, I'm done. I'm never going to school again. I ain't learning nothing else for the rest of my life. I learned it all. <laughs> Funny is if you got kids, they get, to, they get through third grade, they say, all right, I know everything now, I'm good. You know, they get through middle school and they're like, oh, I got, I, got, I got this life down. I know everything now. I don't, need, I don't need to grow anymore. I don't need to learn anymore. But, but growth is anticipated because even once you finish school, you know, you, you finish high school, you go to college, you finish college. Even if you go on, get your master's or even a PhD, you know, one thing that we learn about life is we, we never stop learning. And the one that stops learning, the one that intentionally halts their learning process, they fall back behind everybody else. Why? Because life is constantly changing. It's constantly changing. Sometimes we use the word evolving. Evolving doesn't always mean for the better. 
you know, sometimes, sometimes something evolves, it's really devolving, it's getting worse. But it's, it's constantly changing and we have to learn certain things. Even companies, you know, uh, you have a certain company and they sell a certain product and they got it right. Well, it's right for now, but you know what? Competition, somebody else trying to make theirs better. And that company that got it right and they might be out selling right now, they better keep improving, they better keep working because right now they may be number one. In a year, they may be number 50. Growth is anticipated. I mean, we constantly go, once you get stagnant, you fall behind. Well, because life keeps going. Life keeps moving. Things that are alive move. Things that are alive grow. Things that are alive mature. This sermon is titled Growth Anticipated because right off the bat, at the beginning of this letter, Paul is writing about his thanksgiving and the work of God and what he's doing in the world and particularly in the Colossian church, and he's praying that their growth continues, that their spiritual growth continues. And he's praying with the anticipation because that's just what the gospel does. For you and me who are in Christ, may we continue to grow in the gospel. May we continue in our own efforts to pray, to study God's word, to engage the Holy Spirit, to trust the Holy Spirit working in us that we may walk worthy of the Lord. And that worthy walk is that we continue to grow, that we mature in the faith. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Christ Supreme series, where we learn Jesus Christ has no rival and that he reigns supreme. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones dot O-R-G. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Christ Supreme series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.